Tim Lacombe, former BYU basketball assistant coach, joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Tim, good morning. Good morning, my good brethren. So Yoli Childs is out nine games. When you heard this was going on, uh, how long? How what kind of penalty did you think he was going to get before you heard the nine games? And then uh, what kind of emotions did that leave you with? It was crazy. I I, I had no idea uh, that he was even going on. Um, I've kind of moved on to new things, um, but certainly keep an eye on things as they come out. So I wasn't aware that there was even any impact kind of investigation or or self-imposed situation going on. But um, when I saw the, the news come out um, and that it was nine games, uh, you know, it was just another <laughs> reminder that the, uh, the NCAA is completely 100% out of whack um, with its decision-making and enforcement, and, uh, you know, it was really just one more thing. It was just another frustrating thing that came up uh, that you can just add to the number of frustrating things through the years. Can you give us a little behind-the-scenes in in layman's terms and do it in a synopsis as far as what the issue was and then why the NCAA would even be concerned about it? Yeah, I mean, guess my understanding, and um, again, I don't have a ton of of information per se, but my understanding is that it, uh, you know there's a period of time in this year that the rule changed so that players could actually sign with an agent um, prior to uh, the draft and prior to the combine, and I think during that period of time, um, there's things that you know, come up in terms of uh, expenses that are incurred to to go to workouts and how those expenses are taken care of um, and what the, you know, I think Yoli was 100% in it to going back to going to the NBA or going professional. And so um, I think he probably, the one thing that, you know, everybody needs to know is during this period of time he was, trying to make this decision there was you know we were gone as a staff and they hadn't hired anybody for a bit so you know Yoli ended up doing a lot of this stuff um you know kind of on his own but I guess uh the end of it is there were certain paperwork there's paperwork filed or not filed and there was expenses paid uh and reimbursed might I add uh prior to the self-imposed uh, situation that, that went on that the NCAA then looked at and said, you know, well, he's outside of the rules in this situation. And so, you know, there's a punishment attached. And I think that in talking to a couple of people there, they were looking at it being maybe a game, two games, something like that. Right. But then they came back with nine. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, Nine games is that's tough, man. That cuts into, especially with BYU, because you're trying to schedule the best preseason you can. Um, you know, you put yourself once every four years. You have the ability to go to Maui, which is the premier tournament in the country. And you know, as it looks right now, they're going to roll over there without without Yo. 
Right. So, I mean, it's just some of that stuff is just really hard to swallow, um, given the current nature uh, of college, college athletics and stuff that we do know, you know, that has not been addressed. Okay, so now we come to the fork in the road, and I want to pursue both these lines of uh, questioning. But first, before we leave BYU, uh, so... I feel like I'm on, like, a panel or, like, being interrogated. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Well, you kind of know how the process works, and so I'm curious. I get the the part about the coaching staff changing, and so, you know, I think we've all been in jobs where, you know, personnel changes and stuff falls through the cracks. There just aren't people to deal with it. So I get that. But there are people whose job on every campus it is is to deal with NCA rules, and I'm wondering why the compliance folks weren't stepping in in that situation. Or is this such an outlier, a guy turning pro or maybe coming back, that it's not something they're used to dealing with and it's why it slipped through that crack too? Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I wish I knew more about what happened in the situation, and I really don't, but um, – yeah, you're right. I mean, there is somebody completely devoted to that. But, you know, when you say completely devoted to that, there's a, a staff of three for every single – three or four for every single college athlete on that campus. And, you know, if you think, well, it doesn't seem too bad. I mean, if you go through and read the rule book and in some of these kids, you know, some of the things that they kind of stumble into, actually even um, – there's a lot going on with every single one of those athletes. So, yes, I mean, that's that's a great point, DJ, that there's, there are people on campus. But and that's kind of what a coaching staff, you have, you narrow that window down, and, and you're in charge of compliance for 13 kids, right, um, or 13 or 15 or 17 or whatever your roster is for basketball. So it just makes it, the timing of it made it really difficult. Um you know, in in the big picture, yes, that's why the the compliance office is there and everything else. But practically speaking, it's really hard when there isn't, you know, I guess the gatekeeper there in the offices that you're working with, because that's something that we would always make sure that every single guy that went out, even if they had the intention of just leaving, to make sure their eligibility was um, was still okay and it would be an option if they decided to come back. So you've been in this business for a long time, and you've seen some you've seen some seedy things. I think that was one of the things that caught people by surprise. Is okay, give them a game or two, three tops, but not this nine games, which is basically the bulk of the preseason non-conference. It's just too many games. And guys like Jay Billis went out uh, on Twitter and said, "What are you talking about, man? We got a kid who wants to come back to school, and this is what you come up with." And I had a situation where I, I, I won't name names. But a coach told me there was another coach who called him. So Coach B called Coach A, and Coach B told Coach A, what's that guy doing at, at uh, Coach C? He's paying so, many, so much money to get his guys. I can't compete with that. And the point being that there's so much corruption going around that here's somebody's trying to do the right thing, reimburse with interest, and still gets nine games. Could you speak to, you don't have to name names if you don't want, but the instances of you saw, literally, you literally saw yourself or aware of yourself, all the corruption that was going on in College Hoop, and this is what they come up with? Well, I think two are, I mean, and again, these are 
these are things that have been talked about, right? Like local or uh, uh, recently, but they have college basketball coaches who are currently sitting in their jobs on a federal wiretap talking about paying players an exorbitant amount of money or, hey, we've offered them the best deal we can offer them, okay? Last I checked, you know, every every recruit that we ever brought to BYU, here was the deal. Sign this piece of paper. We're going to pay for your school. Over the last few years, we're going to give you a stipend, okay? But with that, the bonus is you get to abstain from alcohol, tobacco, hot drinks, and any kind of fun in the sack. <laughs> All right? That's one little contingent thing that you get out of this or the package. back seat, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and then also, hey, if you've got facial hair, we, we'd ask you to cut that and get your hair really short and look really good. So that's the best deal we can offer you. And, that, and then we're going out and trying to compete with guys who are literally paying, you know, six figures to come and play. And, and everybody's like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. No, see, these guys, they're, they're, they're caught on wiretap. And it wasn't even the NCAA that did this. This is the federal government. But yet, these two guys are still sitting in their jobs, ready to coach their team this year. And that's where it gets really kind of difficult for someone you know, who spent the number of years I did trying to tiptoe around every single, you know, stupid rule. There's rules there that are, are very important. But the funny thing is you say, well, nobody else keeps them, you know, so why? Um, I guess that that's where, I mean, I sent a tweet out this week right afterwards. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm assuming because you guys may got retweeted about, no, nothing's been more retweeted or liked of mine since I said I was leaving college coaching. I mean, I think there was such an excitement and uproar <laughs> that I was gone, finally. Um, but, yeah, it got my blood pumping to know and, and sit in gyms. I mean, you don't have to be a Sterling scholar to walk into a gym in the summertime and see the very, very, very best players who are projected to go one through 10 or, you know, in the lottery the next year and see the same crop of guys who are constantly getting them and not think, Hmm, something's going on here. I mean, it's not, some of it's not just the unbelievably engaging personality of the head coach. Um, so that's, that's where the frustration lies and having done it for as long as I did and seeing when things actually come down and guys get caught with their hand in the cookie jar, the they you know they table the penalty kind of like UNC long enough to where hey it'll just blow away. I mean, and in the North Carolina instance, I mean everybody says well you can't go after schools for accreditation; it's outside the boundary of the NCAA. But what you can do is basically look and say they were playing with a bunch of academically ineligible players because the classes weren't up to snuff because I promise you that's what they'd do if it happened at Santa Clara Mm -hmm. or University of Idaho because it's really easy 
because you're not really cutting into your coffers. But when it happens in North Carolina, whoa, that's, wait a second, they make us way too much money. Um, so that's way too much, but that's what you guys asked me for. So there yeah. you have it. The legendary Jerry Tarkanian with a great line, the late great Tark. They were so mad at Kentucky, they put Western Kentucky on probation. Well, you know, the crazy thing, DJ, is we talked, we had this exact same conversation two months ago, right, the three of us on the radio. And I think we both said, if there's ever any meaningful change. Um, but I think these are just little nicks in the armor that um, I'm going to make kind of a bold statement. I just don't know how much longer that people are going to put up with it. And, I mean, people aren't overly ecstatic about the NCAA as of right now anyway. Um, we could be, you know, if they, if they don't change their tune, if they don't change the way they do business, I mean, what happens is they just get replaced. And, you know, who would ever thought we'd be in a situation with a Power 5 and a non-Power 5? And we heard it was all coming, but um, the NCAA should really do a better job of mining the farm uh, or there's going to be a hole in the gate. There may be some livestock departing for greener pastures. I'm wondering if you know about this in this late time, could child say the heck with it? I'm going to go to Europe. Is that a possibility or are those positions and those rosters already? Um, I assume he could, uh, but I don't, I don't expect that. Um, I did talk with Yoli. um, yeah, shortly after the decision, I talked to him in a bit, and you know he's he's resolved. He's made a commitment to be here, and he wants to try to make this as special as possible. But it certainly lets a little of air out of the balloon because you know he's a he's a really really important part and piece to that team. So I would expect yes, I think he could do that, but I I don't think that's even in the realm now of the of I think he's already down that road. So the I was thinking of compare when I knew we were going to have you on. I was thinking of comparisons for this. You know where there's this story out there that seems obvious, and the people behind the scenes definitely have good stories, but nobody really wants to put their face on it. When does something happen with college basketball? The way Jose Canseco happened with baseball, where one guy got so mad, felt blackballed, didn't care, wrote a book, and just said everything about steroids, names, accusations, dared people to sue him and call him a liar, and he just blew the roof off the whole thing. And yeah. there are so many people in college basketball. I mean, there's so many head coaches and ex-head coaches, assistant coaches and ex-assistant coaches, uh, people who've worked in the office but aren't allowed to coach. There's a bunch of titles for them and jobs for them. There are a lot of people who know what's going on. How come somebody yep. hasn't written the book yet? I keep waiting for the Jose Canseco moment. Yeah, I do too. And, and I really do think it's got to have some teeth to it. I was talking to uh, Sean Farnham last year at the WCC tournament, and he's just fed up with it all too. I mean, we're talking about it all, and particularly the kind of the slant toward the the non-power five schools. Um, but I, I think that here, in my opinion, and Sean actually kind of hinted at this too, this federal investigation came out of nowhere. Like I'll never forget last, it was like last September, I think August September. And we were walking into a workout, and everything kind of hit the wire. And even at that point, I almost wonder if somebody said, you know, finally spilled the beans and it got out because 
the one thing the NCAA does really well is protect their own um, entity as best they can. And so I almost wonder if it's that's almost the first layer. It's like, screw it, we're going to go over the top of them and go straight you know, to the NCAA. I obviously have no proof of that, but it was just kind of random how that all kind of came about, that now the FBI is actually jumping into this because there's so much noise about it. Um, and again, I want to repeat, not one of the schools mentioned has faced any kind of disciplinary action. Coaches have been actually put in pr- federal prison. Okay, not head coaches, but assistant coaches. But the guys who, you know, were completely involved in this thing, you know, all but one, I guess, is they're all sitting in their offices this morning getting ready to coach a season, not missing nine games or five games or 12 games, but be able to coach them all. It doesn't make any sense. Tim Lacombe, former BYU assistant basketball coach. Tim, thanks for a few minutes this morning, and we will uh, we'll talk to you when basketball season gets rolling. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.